Good morning. That wasn't very good. Let's try that again. Good morning. That was much better. It is a good morning. I want to give you a quick report about our team that is at the Houston Impact Church of Christ. They did arrive safely yesterday. They had a long delay on the interstate trying to get into Houston, but once they arrived, everything's in good shape. Uh, they'll start tomorrow with very busy days as they work with the youth there in inner city Houston. And I would really encourage you to be praying for them. They covet your prayers. They'll need your prayers and pray for all that happens there that they will truly impact uh, the people in Houston with what they do there. There are 26 people that we put on the bus Friday morning. Those buses were extremely full, uh, but they seem to have a good time on the way down. So hopefully they'll have as good of a time when they come back. So this morning I'm going to introduce a new sermon series. It's our summer sermon series, and it's about identity. So all summer long we'll be talking about finding out who we really are in Jesus Christ. And as Christians, our identity should have Jesus' fingerprints all over us. So we're going to talk about our individual identities in Jesus Christ. Before, but before we start talking about our individual identities in Christ, I want to briefly talk about the identity of this church, the Netherwood Park Church of Christ. And I want everyone here to know that we, as a church, are striving to have an identity that is all about Jesus. We want his fingerprints to be all over this church, all over everything we do, all over everything we say. It's all about Jesus. So here are some things that you'll, you'll know about us, some things that you'll see about us, some things that you'll hear if you're here any period of time at all. One of the things that we do is we regularly challenge each other to engage in meaningful Bible study. One of the things that we do is we have Bible reading challenges. Our challenge this year so far, we've reported as a congregation reading 1,081 books of the Bible. Well, why do we do that? Why do we challenge each other to read our Bibles? Well, we challenge each other to read our Bibles because when we go into our Bibles, we find Jesus there. It's all about Jesus. And you'll also see that we encourage each other to share our needs and to pray for each other. And we do that because we know that prayer is powerful and prayer is effective. And we know that prayer is powerful and effective because Jesus is interceding for us there. Once more, it's all about Jesus. You know, we'd love to pray for you. If you have needs in your life that you would like for us to pray for, please let us know about that so we can pray for you. All you need to do is just take one of the green cards in front of you. It's a prayer request card, and you can fill out your request. You can drop it in one of the boxes. We'll send that out via email to all of our congregation, and we will pray for you. You can find two boxes at the back of the auditorium, and there's a third one through these double doors. It's all about Jesus. If you're here any period of time at all, you'll hear us talking about the importance of baptizing. We want you to know that we are a baptizing church. See, we're a baptizing church because we know that we join in baptism with Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection. 
We know that we come up out of the water changed people, reborn people. In baptism, we meet Jesus there. We're clothed with Jesus there. It's all about Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you haven't been baptized, we really should have a conversation about that. And to have that conversation, you just need to let us know that you'd like to start that and we'll contact you right away to begin having that conversation. That same green card on the back, if you just check the box, it says, I'd like to talk to someone about baptism and write your contact information and, and we'll contact you and begin that conversation. It's all about Jesus. Another thing that you'll hear us talk about a fair amount is how important it is that you have a church home. That if you're a Christian, that you join together with other Christians to worship regularly, to serve alongside your brothers and sisters in a local church. See, we're part of a church because Jesus and Jesus' people are there. Together we make up the body of Christ. It's all about Jesus. So if you've been attending Netherwood for a while and you haven't yet let us know that you would like to be a part of this church family, this church home, we really should have a conversation about that as well. And you can use that same green card. Check the appropriate box, fill out your contact information, drop it in one of the collection boxes, and we'll start that conversation as well. It's all about Jesus. See, we want to make certain that Jesus' fingerprints are all over this church. But we also want to make certain that Jesus' fingerprints are all over every individual person in this church. And that's why this summer you'll be seeing this graphic of a cross and a fingerprint. You'll be seeing that graphic over and over again. And you'll be seeing that graphic and you'll be hearing about identity all summer long because identity matters. Identity is crucial. Identity is important. Well, why is identity important? Well, identity is important because who we believe ourselves to be drives our behavior. Let me say that again. Who we believe ourselves to be drives our behavior. You guys have probably heard the old identity joke has to do with a psychologist. A couple made an appointment with a psychologist. They wanted to talk about their young son, Harvey. They were very concerned about his behavior. When they met with a psychologist, the psychologist asked him what the problem was. Why are you so concerned about little Harvey? And the mom replies, well, we're afraid that, that Harvey is crazy. Crazy? Why are you afraid he's crazy? Well, Harvey acts like a chicken. A, a chicken, the psychologist replies. He's like, you know, bring Harvey in. I'm sure that we can fix that. And the dad jumps in real quickly. He says, well, we talked about bringing him in, but we're not sure what we would eat for breakfast without the eggs. That's his identity. Yeah, I know it's a bad joke, but I like it. <laughs> See, identity matters. Who we believe ourselves to be drives our behavior. Chickens lay eggs. On a more serious note, Kenneth Boa said it like this. He said, we cannot consistently behave in ways that are different from what we believe about ourselves. 
Let me say that again. We cannot consistently behave in ways that are different from what we believe about ourselves. Identity matters. Identity is important because we live out who we believe we are. So who are you? What makes you, you? Is it your DNA? Is it your fingerprints? Is it your height? Maybe it's your weight. Is it your appearance? What is your identity? What defines you? Is it your family name? Maybe it's your past experiences. Maybe it's your past mistakes. Maybe it's your successes. Maybe it's where you live or what you do. Is your identity in who you know or how much you have? Who do you believe deep down in your very core? Who do you believe you really are? What's your identity? You see, for Christians, those are really important questions. They're really important questions because our world is full of identity traps. And I'm absolutely convinced that those identity traps are one of Satan's most powerful tools. You see, if Satan can convince us that we aren't who God has created us to be, if Satan can convince us that we aren't who God has declared us to be, then Satan can be sure that we won't live the lives that God has intended for us to live. I'm doing a lot of repeating, but I want to repeat that again. Identity traps are one of Satan's most powerful tools because if he can convince us that we aren't who God has created us to be, and if he can convince us that we aren't who God has declared us to be, then he can be sure that we won't live the lives that God has intended for us to live. You see, if he can convince me that my identity is rooted in my past, if he can convince me that I am the sum total of what I have done in the past, then Satan has won. He's won because if I'm trapped in my past, I can't move forward to the future that God intends for me. And if Satan can convince me that my identity is wrapped up in my career, if he can convince me that I am what I have achieved, then he's won. Because if I'm trapped in serving my career, I don't have the freedom to serve in his kingdom. Not in the way he has called me to serve. And if Satan can convince me that my identity is found in my relationships with other people, if he can convince me that I am what I have been treated as by other people, then he's one. 
he's one because when I'm trapped in the version of what others see me to be, I can't see who God has declared me to be. And if Satan can convince me that my identity can be found in my possessions, if he can convince me that I am what I own, then he's one. He's one. Because when I'm trapped in the calculus that my self-worth is tied to my net worth, I can't grasp that my true value comes only from God. And if Satan can convince me that my identity is derived from my affiliations, that I am whatever group I choose to belong to or whatever group will have me, then he's one. He's one because when I think that I belong to something or anything else, I forget that I belong to God. The God who paid the price of his son for me. Those are powerful traps and this summer we're going to be talking about how we can escape those traps escape the traps that tell the lie that our identity can be found in things that are destined to go away how we can escape the traps that tell us to look for our identity in things that are temporary to look for our identity in things that are conditional How we can escape those traps that call us to believe that our identity lies in things that are destined to fail us. That's not who we are. And that's not who God has declared us to be. So my hope this summer is that we can set ourselves free from those identity traps. And at the end of the summer, we can all emerge with a clearer sense of who we really are in Jesus Christ. See, instead of trapped, I want us to be free. I want us to be free in the knowledge that we are truly children of the one true God. I want us to be free in the awareness that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. I want us to be free in the truth that our identity isn't a product of our own doing. Know that our identity is a product of Christ's work on the cross. I want us all to be free to believe, free to know that we truly are who Jesus Christ has declared us to be. We are children of God. We are in Christ. We are who we are because of what God has done through Jesus on the cross. That's exactly who he has declared us to be. That's the identity freedom I want us to claim. And I want to begin that claiming process right now. Or maybe for many of us, it's a reclaiming process. I want us to focus on six identity verses from the Bible. These are words in from God's word that help us move out of our traps, begin that process and move in to Jesus' freedom. So if you're a, a Christian, I want you to listen very carefully to these words because these words are the truth of who God declares you to be. And I promise you, God's truth will set you free. 
And if you aren't a Christian, I want you to listen very carefully to these words. Listen carefully because these words are who God promises you can be. And his truth will set you free. I just want you to let these words soak in this morning. And then I'm going to challenge you to keep chewing on these words, to digest these words throughout the week so that the power of God's word can begin to loosen Satan's traps. So the power of God's word can start to set you free, free to be what God has called and declared you to be. So listen, because this is who you really are in Jesus Christ. Our theme verse, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received the mercy of God. In Christ you are chosen. In Christ you are royal. In Christ you are holy. In Christ you belong to God. That's who you are. From the first chapter of John. Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of Who are you? Well, in Christ you are children born of God. Then from Romans chapter 8, Paul writes, You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Who are you? Well, in Christ, you are God's child. And you are an heir and a co-heir with Christ, an heir of your father's kingdom. From 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? A temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Who are you? You're a temple. You're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, and you belong to God because he bought you at a very dear price. From Philippians chapter 3. 
our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. Who are you? Well, in Christ you have a new nationality. You're a citizen of heaven. You're destined to dwell with Jesus. Destined to dwell with Jesus for eternity in glory. And from Ephesians chapter 2. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Who are you? Well, in Christ, you have been brought to true life. You are saved. You have been raised up. You are God's workmanship. You've been created to do his good works. That's who you are. That's who God in Christ has declared you to be. That's your true identity in Christ. You're chosen, royal, and holy. You're children born of God and belonging to God and co-heirs with Christ of your Father's kingdom. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're living in this land as an alien as you look forward to joining Jesus in your true land. You've been made alive. You've been saved. You've been raised up. You've been blessed to do your Father's work. That's who you really are. That's who God has declared you to be. That's who Christ has made you to be. So you might be wondering, why are we going to spend all summer talking about what you can summarize in just a few minutes? Well, here's why. We're going to spend all summer talking about finding who we really are in Christ because our identity traps are deeply ingrained. They're deeply ingrained. And we're going to spend all summer talking about our true identities because every day of every week, of every month, of every year, we are constantly being bombarded with lies that are determined to convince us that we aren't who God has declared us to be. And we're going to spend all summer discovering who we are in Christ because I'm convinced that we can't get out of our boats and we can't join in God's mission if we don't first embrace our true identity. Our identity that can only be found in Christ. 
And I'd really like to encourage you to invite people you know. People you know that are caught in their own identity traps. Invite them to come and join us so they can hear who they can be in Christ Jesus. So as a, a preview, I want to let you know what we're going to be talking about over the next 12 weeks. What you'll be hearing about this summer and what if you bring others, what they'll be hearing this summer. 12 identity truths that we're going to spread over 12 different sermons. Number one, we're going to hear that in Christ we are not only created by God, we have been recreated in Jesus. Number two, we're going to hear that in Christ we are adopted children of the one true God. Number three, we're going to hear that we are priests, royal priests. And number four, we'll hear that we are Jesus Christ's bride. Number five, we'll hear that we are God's servants. Number six, we'll hear that in Christ we are Jesus's friend. Number seven, we'll talk about the fact that we are aliens in this world, but we are at home in heaven. Number eight, we'll talk about the fact that we are God's ambassadors to our corners of the world. And nine, we'll hear that we have been gifted. And ten, we'll hear that in Christ we have been accepted. Eleven, we'll hear that in Christ we are significant. And number 12, we'll find out that in Christ we are secure. So let's join together this summer. Let's find out who we really are in Christ. Because I'm convinced that when we discover our true identity in Christ, we'll find our true purpose in Christ. And when we find our true purpose in Christ, that's when we'll discover our true mission in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we are so susceptible to life's traps, to Satan's lies. Father, to all the voices that tell us that we are many different things, Father. My prayer is that you will bring us back to you. You'll help us to focus on Jesus Christ, Father, that his fingerprints will be all over us so that we'll know who we are and whose we are so that we'll grasp our true identity in Jesus Christ, that we are who you have declared us to be. Father, you, we are who you have made us to be. Father, help us to be people who show your fingerprints to the world so they too can come to know you and your son, Jesus Christ, so that they can find the freedom that only comes through him. Father, we pray this in the name of Jesus who is the Christ. Amen. So I'm going to end with identity challenge number one. So what I'd like for you to do is each morning this week, read one of our six core identity verses to help remind you of your identity in Christ, who you really are. You'll find those verses in the daily Bible reading insert. We'll also be sending them out on news and notes every morning, so you'll have them there to remind you, to remind yourself of who you really are. What I challenge you to do is I challenge you to really chew on and digest these verses throughout the week. 
and do that so you will start loosening the grips of your identity traps so that you can begin to walk in Jesus' freedom so that you can begin to truly walk in the light. Let's stand and let's sing.